G'day, g'day, g'day. Wherever in the world you are listening to this, g'day. And for all of you non-Aussies, so I had a look at my statistics and 84.3% of the listeners to this podcast are Aussies and there's a small percentage spread throughout mostly the US and the UK and a bit in India, a little bit in Canada, a little bit in New Zealand. So any, and there's lots of other countries that get a few listeners here and there too. Some random countries too. So if you're in those random little countries, then uh, give me a shout. But anyway, if you're listening from a different country that's not Australia and you don't know what I'm saying by g'day, it's pretty much just saying good day, mate. <laughs> Hello. In Sweden, where I'm living now for this year, it is Schanahurlaget, which kind of means, G'day, mate, how you going? But here we are speaking from Sweden as an Aussie, so it's just G'day. What I'm doing with uh, this short style of episode, I just want to do it randomly to connect with you all a little bit more personally through the podcast and share a few things that I've been up to recently. Anytime that I jump on and do this kind of G'day episode, I'm not really sure how often I'll do them. But they'll be short and a chatty style like this with no real format. I've just got a couple of points that I want to cover of letting you guys know what I've been up to. So I'll say it again at the end, but if you feel like this is something that you want to hear more of, doesn't mean I'm going to do it every week, but if you think, yeah, this is cool to hear things from your perspective, Robbo, and what I'm up to, then let me know. Give me a shout out on social media or through email so that I know that you guys actually want to hear this. Whether you're in Australia, the UK, the Bahamas, India, or any other random country, I want to hear from you. First of all, what I've been up to, I mentioned it just before that I'm in Sweden and for long-term listeners, you guys know that my gorgeous wife Marie is from here and we decided to, many years ago when we first uh, fully committed to each other, we decided that Australia is home and we'll live there and Sweden is second home where all of her family and close friends are and we visit regularly, but we will always have our kids here. We knew that. Because we live in Australia and we're around my friends and family, which are obviously her friends and family too. So it's a no-brainer for me that if my gorgeous wife wants to be around her family at some of the most important times of our life, then we'll make it happen. And actually, it was many years ago that when we decided that that's how we wanted to live our life, we were both employed and I was employed full-time and we sat down and did a whiteboard session and created five-year visions of how to make that a reality because being employed didn't allow that. (laughs) So we had to make some exit strategy plans and build our online businesses and still in alignment with everything that we wanted to do to ensure that. So here we are living in Sweden this year and like I said, to have our kids. So I have a new baby girl. My gorgeous wife and I had our beautiful little baby, Indiana, on the 14th of February and Man, I love the baby phase. There's nothing quite like a little baby, just so cute and adorable and innocent and expansive every day, even just the slightest little noise or the eye opening or the hands moving or the head following the noises. Just every day is is a gain. It's a growth and a development and it's and it's beautiful to witness. But I can tell you now from a personal level, stepping into fatherhood for the second time, so Ollie is almost two years old, so he was 22 months when Indiana was born. 
I had this f- kind of funny feeling because I'm so in love with my boy and he's the only boy baby that we've had for almost two years and it's a funny feeling. We, my wife and I kept saying, how do you divide your love? How do you... How can you love someone else as much as what we love our little boy? And we were thinking, how can you how can you split that love? And it was a weird feeling, not so much like of a fear or a worry, but we just sort of have a giggle about it. And and I started to think, well, how will Ollie feel when we're dividing our love as well? But any parents out there listening to this, you know that when you have another baby, you don't have to divide the love. Your heart knows what to do. It doubles it. It gives you more. It gives you more love to give to the people in your life, to give to the world. It's it's expansive. So that to me was proof that it's limitless. We never have to divide it. We just have to reconnect. And, And that's not just love one. That's with everything. That's with self. That's with our journeys. That's for everyone in our lives. That's for our communities. The heart... (laughs) the heart knows what to do. It's intuitive. There's plenty of love to go around. So like I did with Ollie, I chose a couple of words to anchor into stepping into fatherhood again, and they were present and involved. It was the same two words that I had with Ollie, and I did some deep work and reflection on this to decide what I was going to step into as a father of two, not to say that I would father differently to Indy, but just responsibilities are different and I decided presence and involved have been really powerful for me with Ollie so I chose them again and and maintain my words as a husband that I anchor into of empathetic and connected and the reason I choose to have words is because it's a method I use to help me live life intentionally to show up each day and in each moment with intentionality of my best self not just hoping that life will be the way that I want it to be without my effort of choosing who I show up as each day. So whilst they might just be words, when I anchor into them, those words are my thoughts. They trigger emotions, which the thoughts and feelings and emotions link to my behaviors. And that's why I have a personal philosophy and why I teach people to create a personal philosophy and also have aligned kind of power statements and affirmations in all different areas of my life because I know how my subconscious mind works. And if I don't feed it these empowering words and statements that I have also attached a lot of attached a lot of meaning to, then the good old speedy subconscious mind will create many different stories and words for me. And most of them won't be empowering ones. That's how our monkey minds work. So setting these words, this is this is mindfulness and intention together. And I'm human. I still get thoughts every day that aren't supportive. Like, doesn't Marie understand that I need to get this work done? <laughs> but I catch it quickly and then use the, the tools and the knowledge and the skills that I've accumulated to, to shift those thoughts and not act from them because they're just thoughts. It's just the the bullshit stories that we create in our mind that trigger different emotions. Our monkey mind throws thoughts through our heads all day long, but it doesn't mean that we have to believe them and act from them. And, you know, I'm only two years into this parenting journey, so I'm sure there's parents listening to this going, oh, Robbo, you've got no idea what's ahead of you. And you know what? 
I'm I'm okay with that <laughs> because parenting has created the steepest learning curve known to humankind. And like I said, I'm only two years into that journey and I, I can only imagine what it holds for me, but I'm so grateful for that two years and this steep learning curve. And, you know, I can't speak from personal experience beyond this two years, but I can speak from personal experience of working with people who haven't, sorry, working with parents who haven't anchored into things like presence that involved, who haven't lived their life intentionally, uh, and their personal relationships suffer. Turmoil is created later in life. And I have zero judgment of that, but it just makes me understand the power and the importance of anchoring into these not just words but ways of being and that's why i also anchor into empathy and connection with my gorgeous wife marie like i said i know i don't think i know that anytime i'm not stepping into empathy in our relationship that's when i feel reactive or i feel like a victim in my mind or in our relationship like what i said before of doesn't she understand that i this important work that I've got to do, it goes through my mind. That's a freaking victim. If I was to speak from that, that's reactive. Marie and I barely have disagreements or arguments, barely ever. I hate that saying when people say, oh, I can't even remember the saying now, but it's something along the lines of, uh, you know, arguments make the relationship more exciting or it's not a relationship without good fights, is it? Bullshit. That's just my perspective, but bullshit. They're not necessary for good relationships. That's just two people. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, I won't go into that, but I don't believe that it's necessary. You know, we the most kind of arguments that we've had is that actually a few months after Ollie was born when we moved back to Australia, so he was born in Sweden and we're extremely sleep deprived. He didn't sleep very well. And acting a lot from our emotionally reactive parts of our brain, our amygdalas. And it was freaking tough. But even then, we'd have a bit of a heated discussion and take our time away and then reconnect with uh, crystal clear communication and empathy. And we're able to see things differently and support each other again. We didn't let it get out of control. There might have been that little heated discussion, but it didn't come from a place of judgment or foulness or out of love or feeling like we're competing against each other. We just understood that we're both struggling at that time. We didn't mean it. And that's why it was irregular and it didn't last. There are always external triggers that could send us into those states. But honestly, I don't know, Marie and I, we understand ourselves so well and we take radical responsibility for our personal thoughts, feelings and behaviours. And one of our guiding principles in our relationships is crystal clear communication. So intentionally anchoring into these states is not only super powerful for us, it's normal. We've made it normal language, normal behavior that we listen to each other with so much intent to understand each other, not with the intent to respond and solve each other's problems and give our opinions and try and prove who's better. Listening. It's the most powerful form of communication. I'm not a relationship coach and I'm not giving anyone advice on this. I, this is just a saying g'day episode and sort of sharing. I I just made a couple of notes about what I was going to cover and I didn't know where it was going to go, so here it is. But I'm not going to lie. The, the, babel, the baby bubble this time round, it got to me after a couple of weeks. 
I I got triggered. Well, I chose to be triggered. I can't, if I say I got triggered or something triggered me, I'm a victim. So I chose to be triggered. I had less sleep again. And on reflection, I was setting too many expectations, which was causing me to be reactive. So what I actually mean by that is, you know, I felt like I kind of had a bit of a breakdown over a couple of days because, well, a breakdown for me, which is feelings of being triggered by everything that I would normally process much better and not be triggered by. So things like, well, let me put it this way. So with our crystal clear communication, we, you know, we want to support each other individually. And you've heard me say it a lot before that we have a pact in our relationship that we support each other as individuals and then we're a beautiful couple and then we're beautiful parents. So that's the order. And that gets bloody hard with kids. But we know that that's what's really important. And I I decided, you know, my job's much easier than Marie's. And she was, I could see, sleep deprived, a little bit reactive, you know, saying silly things that normally wouldn't come out of her mouth. And and I was pushing her to, to take a nap in a supportive kind of way. And when I say things that normally wouldn't come out of her mouth, she wasn't being expletive or anything. It was more things like, What's the point of going outside now? I've already missed the sun. If you've been in uh, Scandinavia through the winter time, you'll know the sun's not up very long. <laughs> but we know it's not about the sun; it's about fresh air and movement, and that's what would make her feel good. And and even having a sleep and a nap, and I would push her in a support. I was sorry, I would supportively suggest and and create space for her to be able to do those things. Anyway, I saw things were getting to her a bit. So I set the intention. I said, my intention tomorrow, I said this to myself uh, and wrote it down, is to support Marie to have her most optimal baby bubble day that she could have. And I knew what that meant for her. It wasn't catching up with the girls, going out for dinner, things like that. It was being able to get out in the sun, go for a ski and having time to herself and not worrying about meals for Ollie or any other chores. So I set that intention and it happened. So it was a Sunday and uh, I, I told her that's what's happening today when we woke up and supported her with that. So when she went for a ski, I strapped on the baby carrier and I was cleaning the house with Ollie running around me and and Marie was out enjoying her time and I did as much as I could to take things away from her just the thoughts away from her and you know that's not a one-off we do periods like that as often as we can you know there's been a few times where i've had both kids and done that and i don't say that in a bragging type way i just say that in for me to be support uh, empathetic and connected to marie and to be a present and involved father that's what i do when i anchor into those states and i act from those places of being and I don't know about you listening, but if you're a parent, I'm sure you're aware that toddlers can actually dictate unpredictably how your days can pan out. So as much as you put a plan in place, <laughs> oh man, two kids is a game changer, I tell you. Anyway, me being triggered, what happened was I, you know, a bit of scattered sleep and more demands, but I started doing uh, some training 
with uh, my business and business breakthrough challenge and investing into my company and learning a lot of back end sort of stuff and got really excited by it. And there's heaps of potential for the company and all my upcoming programs and for me continually aligning with my purpose and mission, which is to impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people and significantly impact and change people's lives through their health, wealth and relationships. So the programs that I was doing is just giving me so much and I'm doing it while the kids are sleeping or early morning I look after the little bub while Ollie's still sleeping and I let Marie sleep for a few hours without any interruptions and I'm so I'm learning and studying at that time. And I just had these expectations where I, I just wanted to get so much done that I know was going to move the needle forward in the business. And what it actually did was it made me overwhelmed because I was so excited and passionate about that that for two days when I was with the family, I wasn't in alignment with what I had anchored into uh, to be present. I was involved, but I wasn't present because I was just thinking, thinking, thinking in my mind, all of these things that I wanted to do. And, you know, there was periods obviously where I, I was fully present with the kids, but then it would go back to all the things that I wanted to do. And then I started started getting quite reactive internally and even a little bit externally of raising my voice at Ollie a bit more and being a bit shorter with Marie um, and just really small things like that that's not my nature. And I realized, oh, shit, what I've done here is in my mind, because I, I, I'm so aware of my thoughts, but I, I wasn't aware early enough to to just do the work to minimize where I was heading with this and, and I just – that reactiveness made me backtrack after a few hours and realize, oh shit, what I'm doing here is I'm telling myself that I don't have enough time. I'm never going to get all of these things done in the company. What's the point? What's the point of all this effort and everything that we set ourselves up for? Blah, blah, blah. All these bullshit stories. Rather than knowing, you know what? You're in the baby bubble. Every little minute here, a minute there is a bonus. But when you're with the kids, you're present and involved. You're a connected, empathetic husband and you're great in your company as well. You're an amazing coach. This is the self-talk, but <laughs> you're also in a transition phase, Robbo, in the baby bubble. So it's funny though that even though that went through my mind, it didn't, it didn't help in those moments. I was too deep and... It just it made me feel like I had a bit of a breakdown because I felt like a little bit of a failure within myself, knowing I know what I, I I know what's going on here, and I still feel emotionally reactive. I still feel short. I still feel like towards Ollie a little bit when he's just being a beautiful little two year old, throwing shit around and throwing food around and throwing tantrums a little bit. Not that he does it much, but all the stuff that usually you can process really well, I wasn't processing really well, and. It took me it took me some venting into some voice messages to myself and to a close connection uh, and talking to Marie a little bit about it in a really calm way and just letting her know where I was at. She knew where I was at, but this is the, the active listening part of our relationship and crystal clear communication. And then sleeping on it and I got up the next day and I hadn't been meditating. I hadn't been setting my intentions for a couple of weeks in the baby bubble, hadn't been doing a lot of my practices, so I just did it. I just felt into it and I did it and bang, created clarity, calm mind and from that calm mind anchored back into my intentions and of course that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to act from that space but I also made it 
also went through a process to to create some clarity around, uh, uh, sorry, to remind myself of what my values were and reading through my values and repeating them to myself and realizing that my company values are lower. My top core value is my health, my physical, mental, and emotional health. My next core value is my family, quality time with my family. And I've got some other values in there, but the company one, it's obviously very important to me because everything that everything that succeeds in that allows us to live the lives of our visions and and provide um, impact into people's lives because that's the reality of the work that I do. Every dollar I earn is from helping people significantly impact and change their lives and I'm really proud of that. But it's not my number one core value. My health is and then it's my family and the company comes down and the impact comes down a couple of uh, layers below because if I'm not looking after myself, then I can't look after my family. If I'm not looking after myself and my family, then what's the point of having a thriving business? So, and I knew all this, but it was just that real connection back to it all. And I've got so many affirmations recorded on my phone over time for different areas. I've got great intention setting processes and I just went through all of them to recenter myself, to create more clarity again. And it was it was gold. So the, the, the quote unquote breakdown that I felt like I had, it only lasted, it was only really one full day, but sort of the day before leading into it. Now that I reflect on it and it made me realize how, how easy it is to, to be distracted. I like to call it a distraction, distracted away from focusing on the most important things. Um, and to become emotionally reactive when, when you're tired when things are out of routine, when, like, to be honest, my nutrition wasn't as optimal as it usually is through the baby bubble. I was treating myself a little bit more, wasn't training as much because I didn't want to push myself and get sick like what I did with Ollie. I just did a social media post on that if you want to hear more about that of my, well, I was going to say failure, but I didn't repeat it this time, so it's not really a failure. Success and failure leaves clues, and one of those clues is consistency. Uh, and I didn't consistently make that mistake, so I guess it's not a failure. Anyway, um, it only lasted a couple of days and enough, but enough for me to realize that I get it. I fully understand when people live like that for months and, and years and kind of really feel lost within their lives. And a lot of people I work with, they experience that feeling in some areas of their life. Not to say they're fully off the rails, but I just reflected so much on the gratitude of the work that I've done with professionals and then the extra studies and the consistent practices for me to be able to anchor into that to just say, wow, that was two days of my life. In the scheme of things, that's a little bleep. Not letting it get off track, not letting it impact my beautiful relationships, not letting it make me feel like a failure, not letting it make me feel like, oh, I've had a couple of weeks of uh, nutritional values out of alignment. What's the point of trying again to get back on the rails? It's, it's all too late. Just that full understanding of where I'm at and the ability to tap back into the tool belt and, and shift back. And like I said, no judgment to anyone who is living months and years on end in the state of feeling like they are off the rails and they are emotionally reactive and they are nutritionally out of alignment and they still want more. 
They want to improve their health, wealth, and relationships, but they don't really don't know how or it feels like it's too late. I have zero judgment of that. In actual fact, that's what I love to help people with. And I feel like this experience that I had was for me to experience what people I work with are experiencing. And, and I get that. That's cool. It's a blessing in life. It's not to say that I won't be off the rails again or I might won't be emotionally reactive, but I'm super grateful that I know what to do to, to remain in alignment and to come back into alignment if I do get that way. But a, a reminder here, and I, I do this in all of my, my work, is um, make sure that people are sleeping well. Humans are designed to sleep, and when we're sleep-deprived, we operate from an emotionally reactive part of our brain that makes us emotionally reactive we don't see clearly we're not responsive we're not calm we're not present we're not as productive we're not in flow we're not the best version of ourselves so if you're experiencing some challenges in life and your sleep is impacted do whatever you can to bring it back into alignment if you want some tips on that please reach out i'm more than happy to share in actual fact there's a great book called it's by dr matthew walker it's something like the way we sleep or how we sleep or I can't remember the exact name now, sorry, but brilliant, brilliant. Any Most of the material that I reference, uh, most of the sleep facts comes from that kind of, um, sorry, from his book. Let me find that. I've just butchered it, but I'll put that in the show notes if you are wondering what that is. Anyway, so I mentioned there before too, um, just to, to wrap up, this is me just saying today. So I've been, for me personally, learning-wise, obviously parenting is massive learning, but like I said, I've been, uh, I just thought I'd share this because some people ask me sometimes, what books are you reading? What are you learning at the moment? What are you studying? Uh, a lot of my stuff has been from John Asaraf and Brenda Bouchard around the psychology of communication and some brilliant stuff in there. As, as a coach, I communicate, <laughs> I communicate with my clients, I communicate on the podcast, I communicate through all of my social media posts where I'm sharing value, my blogs, everything like that. So communication, uh, as well as in my relationships, is it's a no-brainer. that That's an area that I think we should all improve. So that's where a lot of my personal learning has been around recently, and it's been absolutely phenomenal. Some mind-blowing stuff and, and also some just reminders of me uh, for me as well. All right, before I finish up, I just want to mention too where the podcast is heading. So if you're a long-time listener, you probably recognize that I haven't been as frequent with the episodes, and I don't apologize for that. Once once upon a time, I would have said sorry, but what I will say is I'll just clearly <laughs> explain why. I, I'm a one-man band in my company, and the podcast is a massively important part of that because it aligns deeply with one of my core purposes, which is to enhance and optimize my grandparents' legacy. Uh, and a big part of that is to to nourish community and just provide an abundance of value because that's what they did. They, they really nourished community and, and impacted the world and in, in that kind of way. So there's that and it it fully aligns with my, my coaching and a lot of other philosophies. So it's, it's here to stay, but the frequency of it as a one-man band in my company with all of my coaching globally, I've got clients all around the world and doing a lot of things, plus with my values around my health and my family, uh, it's it's really hard to fit everything in. <laughs> I won't deny that. 
But I'm also surrendered to the fact that I can't fit everything in all the time. And I'm okay with that until I get to the point where I do have a team that, that allows it all to happen. So I've sent out dozens of guest invites over the last three months and dozens of big name guest invites, to be honest. And because I want to bring you guys as much value as possible. And I want to learn a hell of a lot from these big names too. But I don't get past their team, even though I'm very creative. What I do is I send them a selfie video. Sometimes it's from the frozen lakes here in Sweden. Sometimes it's from in the snow, just personal ones, just not really just saying g'day, but reaching out, letting them know what the podcast is about, how grateful I would be to have them on the show in a fun kind of engaging way, two minutes max, short and sweet. Anyway, so a lot of these big names that I want to get on to provide an abundance of value to you and I is it's it's hard to get past their team because they're and, and I get this they have these processes of thank you for reaching out could you please provide the download numbers of your show uh, because they need a guaranteed minimum number and that's why you hear a lot of the really big names on a lot of the really big shows and not the little shows of Brett Robbo Your Life of Impact because. Uh, through Apple iTunes, they look at ratings and reviews and then the amount of downloads that you get. And although I've got listeners, you amazing listeners all around the world, in Australia, India, uh, the Bahamas, all of these random little countries, the UK, everything that I mentioned there before, I the, the number of listeners isn't big enough to get some of these guests. And I actually feel okay with that. Like it'd be awesome to get these people on, don't get me wrong, but I'm also not going to just try and increase numbers for the sake of that i didn't start a podcast to try and whilst it's to impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people it's not just to get hundreds of thousands of uh or actually yeah hundreds of thousands of downloads a month or per episode is what i required to get these big names i'm not going to just try and increase the audience number just for that for all of you legends who choose to continually listen to this podcast it's obviously because you get some value from it. For whatever reason, you're connected to Brett Robbo from Cobar Australia's bit of a slangy type voice uh, and different perspective of the world and the guests that I get on. And I, I appreciate that and I can't thank you enough. And that's all I ask is that if you do get value from it, please continue to listen to it. Actually, that's not all I ask. What I would also say is if you know someone else who will get the value, please share it with them. And I know you do anyway, but not share it with them to try and get this magic number that's going to get these guests on. I only want people listening to this podcast. I only want the download numbers to represent the people who are getting value from this podcast. If that eventually becomes hundreds of thousands per month or sorry, hundreds of thousands per episode. So I've got hundreds of thousands of downloads over the years, but it's not per episode and I'm okay with that. Like I said, if it ends up getting to that point, I'll be immensely grateful and we might get some bigger names on. And when I say big names, I'm not just chasing names for the namesake. It's bigger names that fully align with the value that I want to provide to you guys from my perspective of what I perceive as valuable. So whilst the people that I have had on might not be the biggest names in the industries, they're still highly freaking valuable and that's why I get them on. So don't get me wrong when I'm saying I'm only chasing big names because I'll still get 
hundreds of guests on here, but I just want to let you know that that's where I'm at with the podcast. And in saying that, I've had uh, a few a few awesome guests lined up that are committed over the next couple of weeks, so there will be some episodes coming to you, some more, and I will continually try and bring them as much as possible. I'm still going to bring you short episodes saying g'day. I'm still going to bring you other short episodes when I feel the need to. And I will say too that if you want to hear more or see more of what I'm up to, if you're on social media, just follow me on uh, Instagram at brettrobo1 or Facebook Coach because I, I put more time into those. I put up posts and, and articles and things like that on there, just sharing value, sharing my vulnerability, sharing my wins, sharing my losses, things like that to, to stay connected to. So if you want to hear more than just the podcast, feel free to jump on there and give me a follow. And that's a wrap for this short G'day episode. Uh, I say short, but I'm just going to check how long I've been talking for now because I can't see that in front of me right now. I'm going to bring it up and it's been 33 minutes. So yeah, I guess that's short in the scheme of things. It was way longer than, <laughs> than I thought I was going to speak. But like I said at the start, uh, reach out. Let me know. What did you think of this episode? Do you want to hear some some more of the saying g'days, just what I'm up to? I probably won't ramble as much like I did in this one for, for future ones, but maybe I will. Who knows? It depends what I hear from you. In actual fact, depends how I feel too because even if none of you reach out and if I feel called to do some more of these g'day episodes, I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's how I operate from my intuition. Thanks for listening. Thanks for continuously listening for you long-time listeners as well whether you're in the bahamas india australia outback australia whether you're in the uk the us canada whether you're in here in sweden where i'm recording this from looking out my office window with the beautiful snow and the mountains in the background and hearing my gorgeous two-year-old run around there dancing and jumping downstairs wherever you're listening to it from i really really appreciate it and as always remember This is your life journey, your life of impact.